Welcome to the One Hope Church podcast, where we believe Jesus is our one hope for a better life and a better world. We hope this message encourages you. Have you ever been excited to do something for somebody? Okay. Have you ever been excited to do something for somebody? Give them a gift, do an extra special favor, just step into their life. You know what will cost you something. It will cost you time. It will cost you energy. It will cost you money. But as you think about it, you know it's so worth it. But after you are done, after you put yourself out there, after you've given nothing, after you've just, you, you've sacrificed something, you've just given of yourself nothing in return. No acknowledgement, no understanding of what it costs you, no understanding of that you went out of your way. Nothing. Now, I know that we know that we're supposed to serve and do things for people just because it's the right thing to do, but isn't there something inside of us? Isn't there something inside of you that just wants to see? Just really know that what you did was appreciated. That what you did meant something to that person. Don't we have that emotion? I don't know if you've ever experienced that. I'm sure you have. But I know that Jesus experienced this all the time. There's a story of Jesus about him healing 10 people. If you go to the Gospel of Luke in chapter 17, you'll find that Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. You know this story? And while he's walking there, he finds himself in the presence of 10 men who have leprosy. 10 men who are outcast from society. 10 men who don't have a hope of a future. And Jesus walks on these men, and he says something simple to them. He says, go show yourself to the priests. This would be something that they're not supposed to do. They're supposed to be out of town, supposed to be away from people, uh, definitely away from the temple. He says, go show yourself to the priest. And then it says, as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were healed. It's in this quick moment Jesus has changed their lives. It's in this moment he's taken away from them being outcast to being like seen as humans again in the eyes of people. It's in this moment he's given them hope of a future. But then verse 15 happens. After he's done this for these guys, then verse 15 happens. Let me read it for you. It says, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. And he threw himself at Jesus' feet, and he thanked him. Do you know how long those guys probably were hopeless? You know how long these people had been outcasts? Jesus has just changed the lives of 10 people, and one person comes back to thank Jesus. 
Have you ever felt that people don't appreciate what you do for them? Jesus understands that. But here's my question for the day. Is there any chance we are more like the nine than the one that came back? Is there a chance that we hate when it's done to us, but we treat God far too often like the nine treated Jesus? If you're just joining us today, we're in the middle, we're in the middle of a prayer series. We're in the middle of talking about taking our relationship with Jesus to another level. We're talking about just being confident in a prayer life. That's why we're in week seven of eight, only one more week next week, Palm Sunday, week seven of eight of talking about prayers that can change our lives. But I want us to look back for a second. I want us to look back for a second. Haven't almost all of our prayers been about prayers of need? Haven't most of our teachings been about prayer when I need something? Haven't all these prayers been that way because isn't this how prayer often works? Think about your prayer life. Aren't the times we pray most are when we need the most from God? God, I need wisdom badly right now, so I pray. God, I need provision right now so badly, so I pray. God, I feel so alone right now. I'm hurt right now, so I pray. Would this describe your life? Maybe close. See, I can admit to you, this is sometimes my life. I can admit to you that sometimes my prayer life ebbs and flows as I need something. I feel the weight of need. But I want to tell you something. I don't want this to be a guilt and a shame thing. There's a reason I talked about those prayers, because I don't want you to feel guilt or shame in this. Every time you need something, I believe God wants us to come to him. You can never pray too much about the things that you need. The moment you have need, I think God wants to be the first person, the first place that you go to. There's no doubt about that. I hope these past several weeks have given you confidence. I hope these past several weeks have given you more of a reason to go to God when you need something. But hear me on this. What if prayer is more than that? What if prayer can be a little more robust, a little more dynamic than that? What if prayer is not always when I need something, but a continuation for many more reasons? What if prayer is like what I see in the book of Exodus and with the Israelites? See, if you go to Exodus 15, and I want to encourage you to go to Exodus 15. You got your Bibles, you can go to Exodus 15. You got your phones, you go to Exodus 15. We're going to see another prayer. 
you see that their story is uniquely theirs. But I think what you'll also see is that their story is a lot like yours. The Israelites have been through years of pain. They've been under the bondage of the Egyptians. They've worked and worked and worked under the power of the Egyptians. And you know that they've spent hours praying, years praying, asking God to help them, asking God to take care of them, asking God to provide for them, asking God to be their strength. They prayed all the things we pray when we're in the middle of our story. They prayed in all the things that we pray when we're in the middle of it. You probably know this story. God calls Moses to free his people, right? And through a series of incredible, miraculous events, the Egyptians decide to set the Israelites free, and so they leave. But it doesn't take long, does it? For Pharaoh to change his mind. You know this story. It doesn't take long for Pharaoh to change his mind. And he goes to recapture the Israelites. And their story comes to a place where they're trapped. They know the army is coming, okay? But what they see in front of them is the Red Sea. There's something in their way, and they don't see how they can get past it. But once again, you know this famous story, and God does what he does so many times. He makes a way where there is no way, right? He provides a way when his people are filled with fear, and they've almost probably lost hope. This is their story. God parts the Red Sea, and they begin to cross, and when they get to the other side, what happens? The Red Sea comes crashing down. The Red Sea comes crashing down on the army, and they are stopped. We know this story. It's an incredible story. It's a crazy story. But you understand from your life, you have Red Sea moments, too. You understand from your life that you've prayed in your Red Sea moments. God has delivered you in your Red Sea moments. But what happens after your Red Sea moment? Think about your life. What happens after your Red Sea moment? What do you do after you experience the Red Sea? What do you experience after you receive provision? What do you do after you receive victory? What happens after you receive that miracle? Far too often the after story is we move on with life and begin to focus on the next need. Far too often, we quickly move on from the stress that we had to the next stress that we're going to feel, and we forget one of the most important prayers that we could ever pray. We move on too quickly. 
instead of doing what Moses did in leading his people. See, in Exodus 15, if you've gotten it yet, Exodus 15, we see a worship-filled moment where they prayed a prayer of praise. What they did is they stopped in that moment and took in what God had done, and they had a moment of praise. Let me read to you the words of Moses that followed the Red Sea moment in their life. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver he is hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has hurled into the sea. The best of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deep waters have covered them. They sank to the depths like a stone. Your right hand, Lord, was majestic in power. Your right hand, Lord, shattered the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you threw down those who opposed you. You unleashed your burning anger. It consumed them like stubble. But the, by the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The surging waters stood up like a wall. The deep waters congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy boasted, I will pursue. I will overtake them. I will divide the spoils. I will gorge myself on them. I will draw my sword and my hand will destroy them. But you, you blew with your breath and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? You stretch out your right hand and the earth swallows your enemies. In your unfailing love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. In your strength, you will guide them to your holy dwelling. The nations will hear and tremble. Anguish will grip the people of Philistia. The chiefs of Edom will, ter will be terrified. The leaders of Moab will be seized with trembling. The people of Canaan will melt away. Terror and dread will fall on them. By the power of your arm. They will be as still as stone until your people pass by, Lord. Until the people you bought pass by. You will bring them in and plant them on the mountain in your inheritance. The place, Lord, you made for your dwelling. The sanctuary, Lord, your hands have established. The Lord reigns forever and ever. These are the words. These are the words of praise. This is a prayer of praise that Moses says as God saves them. But it doesn't end there because then there's a woman named Miriam who steps up and the women begin to gather around. They begin to walk and they simply say in verse 21, sing to the Lord for he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver he is hurled into the sea. After God does what only he can do. The first move by the Israelites is to take a moment. After God delivers them 
in their Red Sea moment, the first thing they do is to live in the moment, to take a moment, and to say a prayer of praise. The simple questions I have this morning is how often do you stop and acknowledge what God has done for you? How often are prayers not filled with an ask, but just a praise for what God has done in your life? How often do you thank Him without asking something from Him? How often do you thank Him without asking something from Him? Once again, there's nothing wrong with going to God when you need something. We should never feel ashamed, like we can't go in our needs. God wants to be the first place, the first person you go to when you need something. He wants that relationship with us. But what if another level depth of prayer was just stopping and acknowledging. God, you are good to me. God, I have more than I need. God, you are the best thing in my life. God, you were there when I felt alone. God, when I felt like there was no other options, I still had you. God, you did things no one else could do. What if our prayer life had moments where we were just like the Israelites? Just like the one man who came back to Jesus instead of being like the nine who just went on with life. What if we took moments just to stop? What if we took moments just to stop and live in the moment of what God has truly done? Would this change our prayer life? Would this change our relationship with God? See, I think when we would stop, live in the moment, and have just these times of a prayer of praise versus a prayer in need, some incredible things would happen in our life. I think that we'd have moments where something would shift in our life. And I thought this week, what would happen? What would shift? What would be produced? What would I see in my life if I had moments where I stepped away from need and stepped into praise and how I prayed? So I just made a quick list. Maybe you personally can add to this list. But I, just, I thought of six things that I'm like, I think would shift in my life. So I think when we um, would offer a prayer of praise, it brings freedom. 
When we offer a prayer of praise, I believe it brings freedom. A freedom from the weight of always having a list of things that we need. Because that comes with weight. The weight of carrying the knowledge that so much is needed in life. I think there's freedom in a posture of gratefulness. I think there is freedom in the posture of gratitude. Something shifts in us as we begin to offer a prayer of praise, and I think there's something freeing in this. I think it brings freedom. Secondly, I think it brings perspective. Doesn't it bring perspective that not everything is bad? Not everything is bad. God is still there. God is still powerful. Nothing is too big, unknown. Nothing is overwhelming. Nothing is too much for God. I think it brings a perspective that is bigger than the one we naturally sit in. It brings freedom. I think it brings perspective. And I think it brings healing. I think it brings healing. We all have areas of our lives that have been damaging to us, right? We all have areas in our life where it's left its mark and we're cut, where we're hurt. There is areas in our life we don't want to touch, we don't want other people to touch because we're hurt there. And sometimes we need to stop. We kind of need to step back and begin to count the ways that God has been good. Because maybe when we pause and we begin to praise, there is a healing ointment in that. Maybe when we can step back from our cuts and our hurts and our bruises and we can praise God that he was still good in the middle of these, we say a prayer of praise, there's a healing that begins to take over and all of us have areas that need healing. So it brings freedom, it brings perspective, it brings healing I think it replaces negativity. Sometimes we get caught up in our needs and it feels like everything is negative. Everything is against us. Sometimes we get caught in our needs and negativity just takes over. And negativity is destructive. You've heard me say before, I don't understand how Christians, followers of Jesus, can be some of the most negative people that I encounter. I don't know if that is your experience, but I don't get it. I'm not going to get on the soapbox today. I'm not going to yell at you today because I'd have to yell at myself too. But I don't understand 
When we hear verses like, if he's for us, then who can be against us? When we have stories of Red Sea moments where we're trapped and we're up against the wall and God brings provision. When you have stories of God meeting you in your worst places, I don't understand why we are so negative. When we have the story of Jesus on a cross giving his life for us, and we know that, we own that, but then we get so negative, what is wrong with us? We get caught in our needs. We get caught in our brokenness. But I'm telling you, when you let praise become your focus, negativity can't live in that space. Your, when you live a life of praise, negativity can't coexist with a life of praise. It just can't happen. So a prayer of praise, it brings freedom. It brings perspective. It brings healing. It, it replaces negativity. And I think the fifth thing that I came up with, that it realigns us with God. It realigns us with God. When we praise God, it puts him in the seat of being king. When we praise God, it puts him in the seat of being Lord. When we praise God, it puts him in the seat of authority because now we know he can take care of us. When we acknowledge what he has done, we're reinforcing that he is the one that takes care of us. And now I want to be the one that's aligned with him. See, when it's all about my needs, then that becomes my focus. When, when, I, when I begin to praise, it reminds myself, he gives me everything I need. So I need to align myself with where he is and what he wants to do gets us out of our needs, get us into trusting Him, aligning ourselves with His direction, His desires for my life. And the last one, it takes the eyes off of ourselves. The worst thing that can happen in my life is I make it about me. Just taking a moment to look and reflect on the goodness of God can push back against the addiction of self. It pushes back against the addictive, broken nature we have to think of self. My life is not nearly as healthy when I'm at the center of this world. When I begin to say a prayer of praise, it puts God back in the center and puts me where I belong, and I just naturally become more healthy. I don't know what your list is. I don't know what you could add to my list. 
But when we begin to say a prayer of praise, when we begin to say, not just, God, I'm coming to you and I need something, I'm coming to you because I acknowledge of what you've already done, I think it brings freedom. I think it brings perspective. I think it brings healing. I think it pushes back against negativity. I think it, it, it realigns us with who God is and it, and it takes our eyes off ourself. Is that not so healthy? I'm taking eight weeks to talk about prayer. I've talked about, God, I need your wisdom. Go to him for that. I've talked about, God, I I need a battle plan. Go to him for that. God, I need provision. God, I have these needs in my family. God, I have, like, stuff at work is a mess. My finances are a mess. My relationship with kids, my relationship, like, We have needs, and there's nothing wrong with going to God with your needs. May your first move when you need something is to turn and take those needs, present them to God. But also may our prayer life be more than just needs. May our prayer life be one where we say, God, you have provided for my needs. I know you will again. But today, I just want to say to you, you're the best. God, I want to say to you, thank you. God, I don't want to be like the nine who get the cleansing, who get the healing, and then just go about life. I want to be like the one who comes back and takes the moment and falls at the feet of Jesus and says, thank you. It's because that shifts something in our life. Something happens to us when we begin to pray these prayers. And so this is what we're going to do today. I told the worship team, I want to worship just a little bit more. Do we do a song at the end? I want to do a couple songs because I don't want you to move on from this moment I know what happens right now. Believe me, I see the shifting. I see whatever Scott's done speaking. I begin to think about what's next. I get it. But maybe we can take this moment and we can begin to practice this praising God. We can be like Mo- Moses where he says, I sing to the Lord. We can be like Miriam. So I sing to the Lord. Look at what he's done. And from my lips, I'm acknowledging you, God. So that's all we're going to do today. I want to encourage you. Don't move on to the next. Stay in the moment. Take this moment to say, God, not everything is perfect. That's just life. But you are good. And I want to sing that to you. Will you stand with me and I'm going to close in prayer and then we're going to worship. Heavenly Father, you are good. You are loving You are the provider. You are the giver of all good things. God, you have given us more than we need. You've given, you've provided the wants. God, you've provided the desires. God, you are the best. God, I am that man with leprosy who needs a savior, and you have been my savior. 
And maybe there's someone today, God, you're speaking to them and they have forgotten your goodness. Will you remind them today? They've walked away from their good, the goodness that you are. And maybe there will be a spirit of repentance today. God, forgive me for walking away. God, I want to be yours and to declare you are mine for you are good. God, in this moment, will you hear our prayer of praise through singing? And may you be blessed. May you be acknowledged. May you be appreciated. God, may you know we see what you've done. And it has not gone unnoticed. And then, God, will you bring a healing into our life? Will you shift something in our life? as we pray this way. It's your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Hope Church. If you liked this message and would like to hear more, check out our website at ouronehope.com for message archives, service times, and more information on how you can get connected. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.